Welcome to Season 3 of A New Voice of Freedom. The podcasts are taken from the four volumes In Defense of Christianity, written by Ronald Keith Messer. Podcast 16 is entitled, The Principle of Opposition. There is a principle that could even be stated as a law. I call it the law of opposition. Try to imagine a world without opposing forces. On a stormy day, we want the wind to quit. On a cold day, we want the sun to come out. On a hot day, we want a breeze to blow or a cloud to cover the sun. We like a perfect environment where nothing distracts us. No flies, no mosquitoes, no gnats, no ticks, no wasps, no thorns, no thistles, no storms, no strife, no opposition. Well, we all have our own utopia. Try to imagine what it was like to live in the Garden of Eden before the fall. The Garden of Eden was considered the first utopia. With the fall, utopia was lost, and opposition came into the world. And the Lord God called unto Adam, and said unto him, Where art thou? And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. And he said, Who told thee that thou wast naked? Hast thou eaten of the tree whereof I commanded thee that thou shouldest not eat? And the man said, The woman whom thou gavest to be with me, she gave me of the tree, and I did eat. And the Lord God said unto the woman, What is this that thou hast done? And the woman said, The serpent beguiled me, and I did eat. And the Lord God said unto the serpent, Because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all cattle, and above every beast of the field. Upon thy belly shalt thou go, and dust shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. Unto the woman he said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception. In sorrow thou shalt bring forth children, and thy desire shall be to thy husband, and he shall rule over thee. And unto Adam he said, Because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, and hast eaten of the tree, of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it, cursed is the ground for thy sake. In sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the days of thy life. Thorns also and thistles shall it bring forth to thee, and thou shalt eat the herb of the field. In the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread till thou return unto the ground, for out of it wast thou taken, for dust thou art, and unto dust shalt thou return. And Adam called his wife's name Eve, because she was the mother of all living. Unto Adam and also to his wife did the Lord God make coats of skins and clothed them. And the Lord God said, Behold, the man is become as one of us to know good and evil. And now, lest he put forth his hand and take also of the tree of life and eat and live forever. Therefore the Lord God sent him forth from the garden of Eden to till the ground from whence he was taken. So he drove out the man, and he placed at the east of the Garden of Eden cherubims and a flaming sword, which turned every way to keep the way of the tree of life. Genesis 3, 9-24 However, 
If you think the Garden of Eden was utopia before the fall, think again. Before the fall, there was no opposition. They did not even know good from evil. They couldn't have children. They didn't even know they were naked. You cannot know joy unless you know sorrow. God knew that the fall had to occur for Adam and Eve to multiply and replenish the earth. But it had to be Adam and Eve's choice. God cannot force someone or even advise someone to transgress a law. He knew it would bring death into the world, both a temporal death for temporal opposition and spiritual death for spiritual opposition. In our mortal world, scientists have brilliantly defined at least four forces of nature, the strong nuclear force, the weak nuclear force, gravity, and electromagnetism. Laws depend upon the principle of opposition. Remove opposition and you remove those four forces. Remove those four forces and everything you see would disappear. I keep on my shelf in clear sight Newton's cradle. You know, the frame with steel balls dangling from a string. Lift one steel ball and drop it. The steel ball on the other end flies as high as the first one was lifted, demonstrating the existence of equal and opposite forces. So much depends upon Newton's cradle. Now again, imagine a world with no opposition. Regardless of what you imagine, I can tell you what you will get. Absolute nothingness. You would have maximum equilibrium, what scientists refer to as the giant heat death. There'd be no atoms. What forces would hold them together? There would be no strong nuclear force, no weak nuclear force, no electromagnetism. There'd be no gravity. Without atoms, there could be no creation, therefore no creator and no life. There would be eternal silence, eternal nothingness. But there is opposition. We know because we exist. And we know we exist. Existentialist philosophers may gabble on and on about being and nothingness. But life will not go away. There is something rather than nothing. There has always been something rather than nothing. And there will always be something rather than nothing. Mark that up as another law and chalk it up to the law of opposition. All of nature depends upon opposition. Remove gravity and what would happen to our world. You get the point. We have a body and we have a spirit. Therefore, we are subject to temporal laws, meaning the forces of nature. And we are subject to spiritual laws, meaning the forces of the supernatural. Both depend upon the principle of opposition. Perhaps you have already discerned where I'm going. Both God and Satan are necessary to our agency. Remove God or Satan and you remove opposition. Remove good and evil and you remove agency. Remove opposition on either the temporal dimension or the spiritual dimension and growth ceases. Choices are removed. It is the great Wilton. Satan is on earth only by permission. Satan is a threat to us, but he is no threat to God. His presence allows us to have agency. If we follow God, we increase in freedom and agency. If we follow Satan, we decrease in freedom and agency. As John Stuart Mill would say, they are in concomitant variation. Think of it as a gas pedal on a car. As you press the pedal, you increase in speed. As you lift your foot from the pedal, you decrease in speed. The image breaks down because doing good increases freedom. Doing evil increases captivity. That is why Peter warns, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, 
walketh about seeking whom he may devour. 1 Peter 5, 8. Satan, however, is controlled. He is not allowed to use his full powers. For example, he cannot tempt us above our ability to withstand the temptation. He cannot force us to do evil any more than God will force us to do good. When the trial of our faith is over, Satan will be bound for a season, John said. And I saw an angel come down from heaven, having the key of the bottomless pit and a chain in his hand, and he laid hold on the dragon, that old serpent which is the devil, and Satan, and bound him a thousand years, and cast him into the bottomless pit, and shut him up, and set a seal upon him, that he should deceive the nations no more till the thousand years should be fulfilled. And after that he must be loosed a little season. Revelation 20.1-3 Opposition is the reason that Adam and Eve left the Garden of Eden. They wanted knowledge of good and evil. They wanted agency. They wanted to have children. They wanted the freedom to choose. Let's take a closer look at Genesis. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden. But of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden God hath said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. For God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. Genesis 3, 1-5 There's the key, isn't it? You shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. Eve has been grossly misjudged. Notice the soundness of her logic. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof, and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. Genesis 3, 6 Eve wanted wisdom. Notice the consequences. And the eyes of them both were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. Genesis 3, 7 Before eating the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, they were entirely innocent. They had no sexual desire. It wasn't lust that caused Eve to eat the fruit. She didn't even know what lust was. It was her desire for knowledge. Another thing happens. And the Lord God said unto the serpent, Because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above the cattle, and above every beast of the field. Upon thy belly thou shalt go, and dust shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. Genesis three fourteen through 15 Opposition is introduced into the garden. The Lord said, I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. Some synonyms for enmity are hatred hostility, animosity, antipathy, and antagonism. When enmity between man and Satan ends, then goodbye to freedom. 
If we ever love Satan more than God, then goodbye happiness. Hello misery. All misery in this world is because of sin, either ours or someone else's. We all pay the price. Just as opposition exists on the temporal level, opposition for the same reason exists on the spiritual level. Thus we have God and Satan, good and evil, right and wrong, truth and lies. Opposition can only exist in a world of absolutes. That means absolute law, absolute good, and absolute evil. There is reality and there is imagination. Those who do not know the difference will eventually be abruptly schooled. There are two spiritual opposites that we need to be constantly aware of. Those opposites are freedom and captivity. All laws of God lead to freedom. All temptations of Satan lead to captivity. Enmity against Satan is essential to spiritual survival. When we love Satan more than we love God, then we will lose our freedom. Just as we cannot grow temporally without temporal laws, we cannot grow spiritually without spiritual laws. That is why Christ said, And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. John 8.32 The key to John 8.32 is knowledge. Ye shall know the truth. The truth cannot make us free unless we know the truth. It is true in both the temporal world and the spiritual world. Two of the great opposites are freedom and captivity, as I said. If we want freedom, we must live the laws of freedom. All laws have conditions. To reap the benefits of law, we must know and obey the conditions. Science teaches us the conditions of the laws of the temporal world. And by obeying those laws, we are made free in our temporal environment. God teaches us the conditions of the laws of the spiritual world. And by obeying those laws, we are made free in our spiritual environment. All blessings of God are dependent upon laws. Obey the law and reap the blessings. It is the law of the harvest. Disobey the law and reap the cursings. There is no other route to freedom. Any violation of those laws will lead to bondage. Just as we must study science to know the conditions of temporal laws, we must study the words of the holy prophets to know the conditions of spiritual laws. What greater quest can we have in this life than to search for truth? And what is the reward? And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Thank you for listening. Watch for our next podcast. In Defense of Christianity is available at RonaldMesser.com.